Hi, welcome back for another episode of 15 Minute Film Fanatics. I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. This is the podcast where two friends and lifelong film fans sit down and discuss movies for the first time. This week, our pick, just in time for Halloween, is 2017's It, part one, directed by Andy Muschietti, based, of course, on the novel by Stephen King. In part one of these podcasts, we talk about our overall takeaways from the movie. I just finished re-watching it uh, about an hour ago. Dan, I know that you uh, you did too today. So I, your face, you look like you're itching to say something. What's your overall takeaway of this film? No, I mean, I watched it this morning. I actually just wanted to go like the guy in Monty Python, it's, but, but um, you know, uh, I saw it this morning for the first time. And although I read the novel the day it came out because I was in high school and I couldn't wait, you know, and, that, and I probably read it in a weekend. You know, this is our second movie where someone has a house with a well in it. That's true. <laughs> anyway, so here's, here's my, 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 my joke short takes are that it's, it's a Scooby-Doo episode with better effects and, um, and that the movie is one long talking killer scene. Like in every Western, every gangster, like every Bond villain, you, you, a billion times you could have killed the guy, but you have to give the speech first. But here's what I want to start with. I want to start with a question for you. What does the monster want? We're going to call it the monster, Pennywise. What, what does the monster want? Uh, I mean, okay, it, speaking technically within the film, it wants uh, to scare you because it feeds off fear somehow. Uh, but, like in, yeah, like in Monsters Incorporated? I don't think it has any other motivation other, you know, other than that. Um, it's just supposed to be scary. I ask that because, right, of course, every 27 years it feeds. And he says, I want to feed on your fear and your flesh. Well, if it does feed that, if you went to eat every time, every time you went to make a sandwich, you just put the sandwich on there right away. Like, at some point, you're like, when is he going to eat the sandwich? But my, the reason I ask you that is because there's something very, you know, um, primal about the movie, right? About underneath this, this, this cute town, there's something in the sewers. Because clearly the monster could do whatever it wants. It could fly around. It could live in the trees. It, it lives under there because it lives like, in, you know, the back of your head. He's, he's the boogeyman. Right, I mean that's he's exactly what um, you know the Babadook is, or, or the or, or what all the uh, lovable monsters are in Monsters Incorporated, where they feed, they run their city on fear, right? Well, this this Pennywise runs runs um, runs Derry on fear. But I think the movie can't really decide if this monster like obeys the laws of the physical world or if it doesn't, or if I'm just being annoying um, because you know the, it gets a bolt through its head and it's fine, and they go to kill it. So at the end, you can kind of just beat it up. You know, so I was, I, that was, that was my take on it was that it, it, it appeals to something primal, like the kid being afraid to go in the basement, like Georgie in the beginning, like in Home I was, Alone. I was actually surprised uh, on rewatching it, I think how well it held up from the first time that I saw it. I'm actually a fan of this movie. I think that there are 27,000 different ways to go wrong um, making this movie and making a movie that doesn't have any charm uh, or doesn't have any fun. So I, I guess I would. I guess I disagree. There's a lot of different. There's a lot of different pitfalls. I mean, I, again, this is a this is an adaptation of source material. So the question, you know, like anything else, is w what does the film do really well um, versus what it versus what it doesn't. I think that there that a lot of the jump scares are actually scary. I think Pennywise is creepy, and I think that it 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 doesn't pull punches on the stuff that uh, the stuff that is actually scary. I think I think part of the duality of like is it in the physical world or is it in their heads. Um, that is that in, in adolescence, there's a lot of stuff that it being an adolescent absolutely sucks, and that's part right. you know, part of the it's not in their the, heads, by the way. I never thought it was in their heads. Well, it, but, but okay, so it's clearly it's not a real thing heads. because the town it's is cursed not, and it's eating kids, and it's not in their heads as a, as a collective, you know, but it's it's in their heads in the sense that you know, um, when the 
when the girl's uh, on the floor, when Beverly's on the floor, mm-hmm. and the her bathroom is filled with blood and her right. father, and for some reason he, he can't see what's going on, but they can all see what's going on right. and, and clean it up. So the, the division is not person to person, as in this is a hallucination. The division is, is obviously along some kind of age and maturity lines. And Correct. Stephen Stephen King is like Roald Dahl in the fact that there are no, there are almost no good adults. None. The, the adult the adult world is entirely corrupt from the start, and so including you, the creepy pharmacist who tells her she looks like Lois Lane. Including the creepy pharmacist, but the, the I guess I guess the point is a part of that part of having creepy pharmacists in your town is real in the sense that you wouldn't want your daughter or your sister alone with the creepy pharmacist. But part of it is also is is also the experience whether or not the pharmacist is being creepy of of knowing that there's there's something that you're you're starting to have to deal with as an adolescent, but you're totally unprepared for. And that seems to me to be the film. The, the theme of the film as a whole is a as a dawning awareness of things, trying to work out technically what they are. And the best you can do is a bottle that's broken, or a um, you know a sheep gun that's not loaded, or some kind of some kind of improvised weapon because you're not set up like adults are set up. Well said. Well said. All right. I'll see you in part two for our favorite moments. Okay. We're going to pause here because we just want to tell you something. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So let me explain. The first point is it's free. Yeah. Second, they have all the tools that you need to create, record, and edit your podcast right on your phone or your laptop. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can hear it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other places. You pick up sponsorships, you can make money from your podcast, and there's no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Always be closing, Mike. Always be closing. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi, welcome back. So in part two, we always talk about a moment or a line or a single image that we think kind of reflects our experience with the movie as a whole. So Mike, let's start with you. What was your moment from it? The the moment from it that I like the best, well, okay, I'm going to cheat uh, because they're they're related, which are, um, the, you know, in the beginning of a horror movie, whichever is the first kid in a horror movie is is obviously going down. That's just sure. a trope of, of horror movies. So to see Georgie, you know, splashing around in the sewer, whether or not you're familiar with the source material or you read the first scene of it, that's it. That's what's going to happen. Um, and so I actually enjoy the scene where Georgie comes back. There. Uh, when I said that there's a thousand ways that movies like this can go wrong, one of the ways that movies like this can go wrong is you're not sure what Bill's gonna, uh, is Bill's gonna do. Like, is Bill vacillating between is that George or not George when they're down in the sewer uh-huh. and he, he sees his brother? Because you you don't expect the monster or something shaped like the monster to be able to say, I love you, I wanna go home, I miss mom and dad. It's supposed to laugh creepily and, and do something, but it's, it says exactly what Georgie would say if he were down there. And, the, and then Bill plugs him in the head. Mm-hmm. and finally kills him, which is kind of like the, the turning point with the monster. And I, I thought that um, as a director, as a screenwriter, that's one of those things in American movies where you're supposed to telegraph to the audience um, that, that Bill's deeply conflicted inside, but he doesn't look conflicted at all. And then that's- I that's knew he a, was gonna kill it in a second. That's one jump scare from the kid. So um, I really actually, I, I like that moment. And uh, I, would, I, would, I would rewatch that movie and I think I would enjoy that moment just as much the second time. All right. Let, let, well, my moment, of course, now those of you listening, you can't see this, but I, I took a screenshot at some point. I was watching on my TV and I ran it to my computer, took a screenshot and emailed the screenshot to Mike. And I said, this is my moment. That's all I said. Didn't say why. 
and it was the moment of all the kids in the driveway after the garage door opened. So there's that scene, that that um, incredibly um, creepy scene where they're watching the slideshow, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, Pennywise takes over the slideshow, and they're oh, they turn it off, they can't turn it off, and they lift up the garage door, and it's just a shot of of the kids standing there in front of the open garage door. And I did a thing and I sent it to Mike. And and before we hit record today, Mike started laughing and Mike goes, I know why you why that's your moment. And I said, no way do you know this already. So go ahead, Mike, we're on the podcast. Why was that my moment? Because you, you hate decision-making that is only movie-based decision-making. You can't handle it. So of course, Bill's like, okay, now we know where it lives. We have to go. We're all going. And of course, they're all standing there like, with, their, with their stuff like, all right, we got it. We have to go over. And you know that they would all bug out. You know me so well, mon frere. Yes, that's exactly what it is. So my moment is that um, I don't know why movies can't get this right. Nobody in the movie is ever as scared as the, of the things as the audience is supposed to be. Like, nobody is afraid in this. And it's not just this movie. There are, like, characters. I made a short list, almost like a secret list, if you will, of movies where the characters actually are afraid. None of the kids are afraid of it. When they go to clean up the blood, in Beverly's bathroom, and then and then you get to you get you know Andy Machete plays the montage of music, like they're in the Breakfast Club and they're scrubbing off the blood. Like no one even no one says like this is really weird or this is kind of strange or like yeah you know I, I never believe those stories about you. Nobody nobody reacts to anything in the movie. So that was my thing. I I agree that I'm not that I'm not a super fan of the way that that's handled with cleaning up cleaning up the blood because there's a lot of stuff that you have to do in your movie and so you don't you don't have enough regular time. i got newsflash regular what? kids won't clean a, a fine bathroom regular kids would just won't clean the bathroom down the hall forget when that's been doused in in, in in monster blood okay but i think that there is actually a lot of uh a well-placed fear in there i mean it's it's all located in stanley who's you know who doesn't want to go and right. they have to kind of they have to kind of convince him to to, to come in with them. I mean, all the kids, all the kids take turns freaking out, except Bill for whatever reason. They don't, they don't really freak out. out, man. They don't, they don't really freak out. I, I'm more nervous when I hear the refrigerator turn on at three in the morning when I'm getting a Snapple. You know, I started to think like, what are some movies where the characters really are afraid? Can yeah, you think of any of my, my, my secret list here? I mean, I would think when you say Stephen King adaptation, the first thing that jumps into my head is The Shining. Right, so Shelley Duvall, ultimate, ultimate, realistic, terrified, exactly what you would be like. And again, like, I, I didn't watch It, so it could be like this absolute portrait of human fear, but that's, you know, there's like none there. Like, when that kid at the end picks up the baseball bat, it gives a speech, like, you know, you know, I'm, I'm gonna leave, when, when Bill's in Pennywise's arms, telling the kids all go, 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 and he says, no, you know, I'm gonna leave, because we had a fight, but, now I'm going to stare because we got to kill this effing clown. Welcome to the Losers Club, a-hole. Like, woo! Like, all of a sudden, this kid is Bruce Willis. Like, it takes you out of the movie. When people are more afraid, it makes you, it makes you more afraid. Okay, I think we, I might have to save my response for part three. All right, let, let, me, let me quickly finish my list, though. The Shining is one where people are actually afraid, uh, as they would be real. I thought Psycho was another one. Heredity. With absolutely, 20, her in that yeah. movie, she is she is absolutely yeah. afraid like you would be. I even thought I thought of Poltergeist, when the teenage daughter is screaming like, "What is happening?" The original, I thought that was yeah. good. And I also thought of Alien, like Veronica Cartwright in Alien, actually is so good because you actually believe there is an alien on a spaceship and she's terrified of it. And I think that that goes a long way. I think that see, seeing all these kids act like they're in Charlie's Angels or, or you know or like they're, they're in the Mod Squad or something, or in Mission Impossible, 
it takes you out of the movie. I will see you in part three. I'll see you in part three. So welcome back. In part three, we always talk about the ending or our big takeaways. And Mike, you just said, I'll see you in part three. So here we are in part three. What do you think? Okay. I think that the, okay, let's start with the fact that the movie was, I think, adjusted for inflation, the fifth highest grossing film of all time. Or, or oh, it's like very it, well it done. Made, it, made, made a ridiculous, it made a ridiculous run at, sure. at the box office. And that's because it was one of the films that I think that parents felt like they could take teens to. So in, in other words, let's, let's assume that The Shining, which of course is, The, the Shining is the absolute gold standard of, of horror films, and I'm not arguing with you there. Um, at all. And I think, you know, I don't even want other adults to see um, something like The Exorcist, you know, you or, or Poltergeist. You know, ex The Exorcist is um, absolutely terrifying um, inside of that. It's it's soul shaking. It's, it's more yes. than scary. You know, so, so you go from soul shaking to drop down to scary. It's The Shining. And then you have this other level where I, where I think we are, which is that this is not really a film. It's a movie with ideas. And so the some of the things that I think that could have been done in the screenplay were were dampened on purpose. I think that this is not, it's not the purpose of this, of this film. And so I, I think it's unfair to talk about missed opportunities or ball, balls that they're not necessarily swinging at, um, oh, you know, I mean, which are, are, you know, vomit inducing fear. Listen, I'm not trying to be the guy who watches a James Bond movie and says, well, actually he could never parachute off that. Like, I'm not that guy. Like, and you know, you know, we have talked about how much I love James Bond. You yeah. know, you know, we have never done it for the podcast, how much of a fanboy am I am of the Mission Impossible movies, right? Absolutely. So uh, that's, not, that's not what I'm trying to get at. I'm trying to get at the fact that, that it takes you out of it. So for example, you said The Exorcist. Why is The Exorcist scarier than this? Because Why the, is Heredity scarier than this? I, I agree. I agree that they're on that they're on stage fear. I just don't. I'm not necessarily sure that this is a horror movie. Is what I'm okay, saying. Okay, right. There's a, and, and like, there's a difference between a horror movie and a monster movie. And uh, what I'm well, saying can, is, what I'm saying is, we're in a monster movie. And we can in a split Penny. Okay, it's, you're right. That's very good. I'm sorry. I was I was about to say we could split Pennywise's orange hair all day, but that's I take that back. That's very well said, Mike. It's a monster movie. So, and, example, you wouldn't want to watch Godzilla to be scared. Bingo. But this is, but this is Godzilla. And, is so, Godzilla. and so I think, you know, the, the only reason that we're divided here, I mean, a, apart from um, uh, technically it's, it's a fun movie. Um, you know, I think that, I think I could do without any montage really in any movie. I've met, like, <laughs> montage, like, it's not that the, it's not that the montages in this movie are bad. It's that <laughs> montages are inherently bad. And I'm not talking about like Sergei Eisenstein, you know, Battleship Potemkin. I'm talking about re real montages in any movie made after 1975. Even Rocky Three, even especially Rocky Three. <laughs> All right, that's well said because I think that's actually good. But the thing that the thing about the movie that kept that kept bugging me out was that or bugging me out, man. Um, the thing that kept uh, disturbing me was that, you know, everyone said how good Bill Skarsgård was or is as Pennywise. Everyone kept going how great he is. He's he Mike. He's in the movie for ten minutes more than you are. That's it, because I he's he's fine, I guess, but he's not in the movie. The first scene in the movie where he gets Georgie, right? That's him acting. You get to hear him talk. I like popcorn. You like popcorn? Pop, 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 right? And then for the rest of the movie, he's just an amalgamation of CGI. He's just special effects. Like, it, it's like saying that Robert Downey Jr. is really good in the Avengers movie as Iron Man. No, no. Robert Downey Jr. is good when he plays Tony Stark, but nobody plays Iron Man. Iron Man's a CGI stunt. So Bill Skarsgård is... It, 
that's why I think the clown isn't scary because it's, it's a, a bunch of CGI. You know, the kids keep saying, that's not real, that's not real. But the audience knows that that's not real. It's so good looking that it's, you know it's not real. It takes you out of the movie. The, I, I keep forgetting the kid with the glasses. Ed, there's a scene where Ed is, I, here's why I disagree, because there's a scene where Ed is on the ground. Okay. Uh, and, you know, his hand is shaking and he's sure. got it like this. And, he, and he's he waving makes, to him? He, no, he makes, no, no, no. That's when he's got the dead arm. He's uh, got Ed's fingers. He's going to put it in his alien mouth. Yes. And he, he does the fake bites. Yes. Um, oh, no, the, the fake bites are really, any interaction that he has with the kids are, are really, are It's actually, like Jim Carrey playing the Grinch. It could be anybody. There's so much makeup and there's so many effects that it, it looks awesome at the end when they're beating him up and he gets his crab legs out and he becomes like the Modigliani painting, which I think is kind of scary anyway. Um, when he does all those things, it's not, it's not him. It's like Mike Myers as the cat in the hat. It could be anybody doing that part. Sir, I respect your non-fear of Pennywise. However, you could not play Pennywise. It's, it, you don't Maybe. have to play him. It's, 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 it's ones and zeros playing Pennywise. Think about it. Like, think about why... You know, in The Shining, the scene where, and I, I, maybe I shouldn't keep going back to that, but even like Poltergeist, right? The effects are kind of cheesy in Poltergeist, but you believe in, in what's going on with the characters. I think in a, a movie like The Haunting, which is great, where it's just, every just like knocks in the dark, you hear it and stuff. Like, it, the CGI is so good that it just, it just it's not scary anymore. It's here's just jump scares. All right, but here's one reason I disagree, which is that actually they, someone else did the it. I respect Tim Curry. I think Tim right. Curry is a is a great actor. I think he's a great singer. He's he's fantastic. I think that that is an utterly terrible adaptation of of it. I can't stand the early '90s movies, and I'm and I love nostalgia. I would go back to any of anything else made around the same time. But they actually did it with cheesy effects, and they did it with Tim Curry playing Pennywise the whole time, and it's really bad. And it's not because Tim Curry's bad; it's just because it's bad. I, so you I think, think that you think that um. So you think that Tim Curry is like the is like Jack Nicholson's Joker? I think that that is a perfect analogy. I think Tim, Tim Curry, Jack Nicholson is to the Joker, and then Heath Ledger is to the Joker. What Tim Curry is, and then Bill Skarsgård is. Now I didn't see the first one, but I, I, I just think Bill Skarsgård. He's not like the first scene. He's in the sewer, which, but like, and I'll give him the pass on the fact that the kid is not wigged out at all by a clown in the sewer asking if he likes popcorn. I'm not supposed to talk to strangers, but yes, there's a there's a ghostly clown with with bad teeth in the sewer. Sure, I'll talk to him. For, well, I'll give him the pass on that. But that's the only scene. The, the rest of the movie, he's morphing around into things. It's not him. He's not in the movie. Even The Exorcist, right? Even The Exorcist. Everyone, what does everyone remember from The Exorcist? Everyone remembers her head spinning around, the effects. But there are maybe like, um, the, the terrifying moments of The Exorcist are probably on screen, like the number of minutes that, um, you know, uh, Batman's in the Dark Knight. It's probably like 20 minutes. Everyone remembers the head spin around, but when you watch it today, that's not great effects. That's not like unbelievable camera work. I understand what you're saying. I, again, I think that I, I get that you were not wigged out by the jump scares. I think that any any no. scene, I think I that think any cheap. of of Bill Skarsgård with with the kids, especially touching them or holding them or or getting getting close to them, is really creepy in in his interaction with them. And then they actually do look afraid. I mean, there's uh, it, they're not like on the ground, like oh no, I'm gonna get out of this one. They're screaming and yelling and bleeding, and there's there's stuff all over the place. <laughs> so okay, are we are we doing are we doing it part two? No. Okay, so I think we have to draw some kind of line, again, between a horror movie and a monster huh. movie. But one of the movies that you mentioned purports to be a monster movie when, in fact, it is a good old horror movie. And so I would suggest that for next time we do Alien. Alien? Sure, uh, like, yeah, I'll do Alien. 
Alien is not a horror a monster movie. It it is a horror movie. And Absolutely. This is not, it is not a horror movie. It's a monster movie. Absolutely. So, I so next, that, I think that will become clear. Good. So next time, let's have we'll do the Alien Love Fest. Excellent. See you there.